filibuster receives sponsorship from the Ehrlich Law Office, Discrimination, Wage, and Litigation Solutions for Northern Virginia and the District of Columbia. They want you to know that your rights matter, you deserve to be free from harassment, and you deserve to work. They cover workplace discrimination and wage theft, non-competition and non-solicitation litigation, civil rights, takings and disability, and a lot more. For a free consultation, go to ehrlichlawoffice.com slash filibuster. So I went to watch the Super Bowl at a friend's house, and it ended up just being me and I think at this point my two oldest friends in the world, uh, and one of their kids, or two of, one of them has kids, and there are two kids. I should say that's more clear because it wasn't one child, it was two. So one of the one of them has gotten into the YouTube show Hot Ones, the interview show where people eat hot wings. They're asked questions. Oh. Wings get hotter over time. Um, yes, yes, he. Yes. First of all, he came to me and was like, do you ever hear about this show, Hot Ones? Like, I have told you about Hot Ones and about things I saw in Hot Ones for like five years. Um, he was like, I, I just started getting in. I was like, great. I'm glad my my words are landing. Um, so he ordered their – they have like a three-pack of sauces that they do on the show. And it's like two of the entry-level sauces and then the last one that they do at the very end that's the hottest one that they have. Um, and he, we had been talking at some point – about possibly trying uh, doing a miniature hot ones uh thing where we build up to that and he showed up at the super bowl party with a big bag of fried chicken and all the hot sauce bottles that he had and at which point i was like so are we uh is it just going to happen today and he's like well i'm here with chicken and the hot sauce it doesn't have to happen i was like look we're we might as well do it now um (laughs) And so uh, I I knew this was happening on my way there. So I had time to stop and get ice cream, um, yes. which call. I knew was going to come in handy. Yes, uh, I, good, It also yes. affected my beer choice because I knew I was like, after that, I'm going to want something that's like sweet, malty, not hoppy, not hoppy just something that's going to like tamp this thing down a little more. And maybe a nice something, lager. You know, hot, something a high ABV so that I can maybe feel slightly less um, as well, um, which is a problem for your insides, but you know, it's a, it's a, for, you know, order of operation situation. You've got pain. You've got to get that pain to slow down. So we did it. Uh, we ate, we ate the last dab and it was not a small amount either because my friend went to pour some on and he did the classic, like a little too aggressive. So more came out and I was like, well, I'm not going to just like, do a sensible one while you don't have one. Cause I don't want to be the one that ate less. Um, and so Honor uh, was on the line. Well, so sort of, it's sort of a, like, like the way jackass no, works. Where pain, all those, pain was on the line. It, it works like jackass where both those, those guys are all subjecting each other to the stupid thing. And if someone were opting out, then it would be some sort of a violation of the bond of trust and doing things um, that is going on there. And so I was like, no, no, if you're going to do it, I'm going to do the same thing. Um, and yeah, uh, the reactions you've seen on that show are pretty much exactly what happened to me. Um, you can kind of feel it gearing up like within like three seconds. I was like, oh, there's a problem coming. I already know my body's having a response to this. Like, oh, this is not good that you did this. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it was like a good 20 minutes before, uh, it started to really come down. At one point, I was telling someone that it felt as if my tongue was irradiated because I didn't have another way to describe 
what I was feeling. Um, so yeah, uh, and then we watched the second half of the game. <laughs> we went went back to sitting there and watching the game, like, and occasionally just being like, ah, oh, it's still so hot. Um, the third the third member of the group was like, I can't do this to myself. Like, I'm not a spicy food eater anyway. I can't withstand this. So, um, his job was to basically make sure that like it didn't end in a sort of worse disaster. Like, we weren't sure what it was going to be. If he was going to be like pushing us out the door, we were going to be like our body was just going to reject this. If he's going to be shoving us outside to uh, throw this up or something. But fortunately, just a lot of, you know, gasping and being like, oh, it's so hot still. Um, so, yeah, we did that to ourselves. We elected to do it and then did it um, and and might end up doing it again. Hey, hey, welcome in. This is Filibuster, the Black and Red United and Incandescent Tongues podcast. Uh, I'm Adam Taylor. Yeah. Joined ben, by Ben has skeptical, been shaking his head for most of this. <laughs> joined by the always skeptical Ben Bromley and the never skeptical Jason Anderson. Uh, we are all from. I feel like Black that's usually backwards. I feel like it's usually the other way around. Uh, not when it comes to actually doing stuff. Okay. At least skepticism with regard to activities. Um, Jason is never skeptical, and Ben always is. That is yeah, that fair. is the dynamic we have established on this. Show. Yeah, that's fair. Anyway, we're all from blackandredunited.com, where we talk about DC United, among other things. This show, of course, is about DC United. It is February 16th as we were recording, and there are 10 days until the MLS season starts uh, and DC United hosts Charlotte FC at Audi Field. We don't know much of anything about the two preseason games DC United has played since nope. we last spoke with you. Um, so we're going to uh, crack open the Twitter box after we talk about what we do know or think we know about those games. Before we do anything else, though, Benjamin, what are you drinking? I am drinking um, Coke and Kraken. Uh, Kraken was the the fancy uh, rum when I was in college. It had recently been introduced. It's a spiced rum. Uh, And it's still pretty good. I, I like I like cracking, so I was going to do something fancier with uh, Green Hat Gin, which I now have, because Green Hat nice. Gin is amazing. Uh, but, yeah, um, but I decided, nah, I'm going with the Kraken. Got to release the Kraken, unlike DC United releasing anything about their preseason. I like how you tied that together. That was nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, at the risk of setting myself up for uh, a bit that it's generally reserved for Jason. I am drinking a Lefe Brown Ale. Um, it is uh, same a bottle. It is, no, it is a no, new it bottle. No, it isn't. Uh, you guys I opened are it once just again before we started recording. Wrong. Well, I don't think Ben is that. He he's beer agnostic. Exactly. No, no, what I'm agnostic. saying is that the, the beer that you falsely accused me of having opened for many many moons was a different kind of beer. Yes. No, I, I know that. Okay. Yeah. And I'm saying Ben doesn't care. No, fair enough. The bit is the bit. <laughs> Jason, what are you drinking? Uh, I am, like I said, a I have a 400 year old beer. No, uh, this is a beer. This is one of the beers I bought for the Super Bowl party with the burn in, in uh, my mind. Uh, for the so Super I got... Bowl party from 1998. Uh, uh, no. I don't think I did anything for Super Bowl in, in the 90s, uh, pretty much ever. Um, 
but yeah, I have a uh, Sweet Baby Java by Duclaw Brewing. It's a uh, probably heard of Sweet Baby Jesus, which is their chocolate peanut butter porter. This is that Classic. with uh, it's espresso bean infused, uh, nice. so it's a variation on it. It's pretty good. Um, it's winter came back on us a little bit, so it's kind of the right beer for this time. Though apparently tomorrow it's going to be like sixty again, so. I'm sure that the day of DC's game will in invariably be like 60 the day before and then plummet uh, on game day because it's February in DC. Maybe we shouldn't be playing uh, soccer at that time. I don't know. Probably not. Things are weird. Things are weird. Um, anyway, DC United are, as far as we can tell, unbeaten through three preseason games. This week, the black and red reportedly... Uh, drew the Red Bulls 1-1 after an Edison Flores goal. And then they beat LAFC 2 to nothing over 120 minutes because it's preseason and why not play two 60-minute lineups, essentially. Uh, goals from Drew Skundrich and the uh, club legend Guest. Um, it's all, all we really know about those games. Um but it's worth noting that uh, Orejas basically scored in three straight games, twice for Peru during international duty, came back, scored for DC in preseason. I can't help thinking that's encouraging. Um, and It's better than him not scoring. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I, I'm nevertheless waiting for the rug to get pulled out because that seems to be Eddie Flores's time yeah. in DC. <laughs> I do want to offer a, a mild correction because we actually have less information about one of those goal scorers than Adam seems to think. Uh, because the actual tweet announcing that one goal is just DCU scores off a penalty. Right. One Everyone zero. read that as guest <laughs> scoring. Yes. We don't actually we don't know. know who took the penalty kick. Um, so someone. We do. We do. I did. I took the penalty kick. I was the guest. Congrats, Ben. How was Indio? What? How was Indio? Uh, good. The pl- the place in California where you went to score this penalty. Right, 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 right. I, I mean, I, I was hanging like I, that place. You definitely yeah. were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the the uh, um, Coachella that I will actually be at as well. Ben, ben actually just now is a resident of Indio, California. Is what it turns out. I mean, no one would know. Who's going to know? Uh, one interesting thing uh, that caught my eye from from the first of these two games was uh, Sophie and Jafal getting the start with a mostly first-choice unit uh, mm-hmm. against the Red Bulls. Um, he is an unsigned second-round super draft pick. Uh, they, I know, Jason, you were very happy to see DC select, um, but it's got to be a surprise to see him getting that nod in preseason. I think it probably bodes well for his chances of, of landing a contract this year. It's definitely better than, than not getting that opportunity uh, because, you know, this is your chance to prove that in that group, you actually are at that level. Um, The fact that DC didn't leave him uh, back here with Loudon as they began their preseason preparations um, is another positive sign that they're at least considering signing him. Um, it will come with some issues as far as, you know, signing him would require an international spot. Um, 
So it would get kind of complicated for DC as far as who stays with DC, who's loaned down to Loudon. Are there green cards coming is the question I guarantee that everyone's going to speculate on, but the reality is that none of us know. Um, because another thing aside from streaming is just that there's no media availability. Um, there's not, there's no, like, I feel like I've seen every other coach in the league speak to the media at this point. Um, so DC is, uh, certainly learning a lot and we just don't know what it is. Um, so yeah, it, it would be interesting to see if they solve, they address that central midfield need that we've talked about a couple of times this winter, um, with Jafal. Uh, but we don't know that, uh, we don't know exactly, um, you know, the team's tweets on lineups over the last couple of years have been, uh, pretty reliable. Uh, you can sort of glean a formation from the ordering of the players. There's a consistency there that other teams don't like to do. Um, so there's that, uh, which is something, but, um, as far as reading into how well he played, I hope he played well, but also who knows, um, DC needs a central midfielder. Uh, he could play as an eight, um, as a, uh, an eight with a passing range, um, maybe a box to box kind of role. I wouldn't expect him to be a number six, uh, in the group. Um, but beyond that, it's, it's hard to say what they're looking for out of him right now. Um, because it's hard to say much of anything about DC United right now, because no one wants, no one wants to tell us anything. It's, you know, unless you're in California or if you were in Miami, that's that's all we got. It's it's rough. It's not my favorite thing. I don't like having to talk about how we have no information about this team we the, follow and we cover. The the final preseason game on the 19th is apparently being streamed by the Galaxy. Uh so enterprising fans might be able to figure out a way uh to watch that game somehow. It's, so it'll probably be geolocked to just LA, so you'll have to figure out how Somehow you can do it. Adam, what would you say if uh, MLS just required all teams to broadcast their uh, preseason games? Because I feel like many other leagues, like, like all of the other professional leagues in the United States, broadcast all of their preseason games. So, yeah. the, like, MLS should just make this available for the nerds like us because we just want to talk about their teams. Yeah. I, I feel like it would increase coverage. Probably everyone likes spring training. Uh, like I, happening I'm, this year. Like, uh, because of like I am on this baseball. podcast. I am on this podcast. I write for the site. I am just like, like every, every like couple of days I have to be like, Oh, right. At the end of this month, DC United will be playing games again. I'm like scrolling on my days. calendar. I'm scrolling on my calendar like uh, putting other things on there. I'm like, oh crap, that's that, that's when uh, DC United's first game is. I have no hype for the beginning of the season because it's all just a blur. It's all uh, uh, tweets and press releases uh, from the team and, and it, it's it's nothing. Yeah, and DC United's not alone in this. Um, no, of course not, but the, it's, the, it's the league should require thing. it and also the, like, the team should, should step up and require it of themselves i agree uh, it was it's weird you know maybe eight or ten years ago uh the early days of this podcast we it, it seemed like mls and teams were trying to make it more like soccer spring training where 
they were hosting more tournaments um, and, and games were streamed easily and they would have like giveaways. I remember winning a copy of football manager for answering a trivia question during a live stream of a preseason game once it was like MLS was streaming it, not, not just a team. It was actually on the league website and that, that was fun. It was a little bit event. You would get into it with people. Um, And they've gone away from that, that like the Carolina challenge cup is back in Charleston. Now that the battery are, are a running concern again, but DC United's not there. Instead, DC United played this, invitational in Coachella that none of the games were streamed, which is a really Adam, weird thing to market a tournament and then not let anyone watch it. Adam, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but um, this, this is related. Where's the Dillo? I need to know where the Dillo is. I, I I'm sure I don't know where it is. It's certainly not hiding in. Is it in house. your cave? <laughs> it is in the cave of wonder. No, it's not. It's definitely not Jason. Jason, where's the Dillo? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I would. I don't even know where the team is keeping most of its trophies now because a lot of them are in the team store, but I don't know that all of yeah. them are. Um, so, yeah, uh, another another question. I will say it could be worse. All of this could be worse. Um, in trying to keep my own notes about who played for DC, when I went and looked for the Red Bulls game there was even less information from the Red Bulls than DC United put out from that same wow. game. Um, so I don't know. It, it's a strange situation because you have some teams that are letting out absolutely nothing uh, and seem satisfied with that outcome. You have other teams that are actually letting out quite a bit. Um, they are posting full lineups. They are making their games available via stream, uh, etc. cetera. Uh, so I don't know. Um, I assume that at some point, MLS or its clubs did some sort of like tally of, is this worth our financial expenditure? Is it worth the time to bother? And the answer must have been no, given the the entire collective behavior of the teams in the league. I would argue that maybe they should have left it a little more time to take root and start to expand and get people more on board of the rhythm of the year rather than being like, okay, for this short little period of time, we're going to try this. And if it doesn't take off, it's done. Um, because that's right. not how anything works. Um, uh, if we had that mentality, MLS would have ceased to exist. Um, so it's frustrating, uh, to say the least. I, I don't know how you can put on an invitational tournament somewhere and be like, but we can't stream it. Um, we, we don't have the means. Uh, good luck. Streams um, are by only. Get, you know, I, I don't know how to stream things at a, the place where a giant concert gets held every year. Right. That doesn't, that doesn't hold true, I, I don't think. Uh, going back to some information on the field that we have gleaned from the various tweets and reports, one name that has not appeared in any of those is Ola Kamara, the defending runner-up of the MLS Supporter Shield, or uh, the MLS Golden Boot, rather. Uh, it'd be very impressive if one person could compete for the Supporter Shield, but we're not there. Uh, but Kamara has not been mentioned in any tweets about DC United preseason games this year, um, which is a little concerning because I'm on record as saying I think he will play an important part of this team this year. But if he's not playing in preseason, that seems less likely to be the case. He has been in some of their um, 
you know, brief videos of people training and whatnot or gym sessions or whatever. He's been in the background of some of those. So I don't know. Um, I don't know whether to read a lot into it or read nothing into it because we have so little context. Right. Um, we do know that there are rumors the that he's on the block. He's just yeah. a from the block? Yes. <laughs> Clearly he rides the six. Because hey, that's know, how wait. we refer to trains in this city no it isn't no it's um, not at all but yeah uh it could be a sign that they want to move him along um and that they've got you know some sort of deal brewing um but yeah i, I don't know um there's no way to know because it's just been kind of radio silence on so many things um which i i can only hope benefits the team in some sort of uh you know, not giving anyone any information means uh, certain things um, competitively, but I, I just don't see it. I don't see it making a difference in the way that it would have to for it to have been worthwhile. Um, and that comes to formations and results and, you know, quality of play. It also comes to just, is Ola Kamara still there? Um, are they holding him out for reasons that are an injury? Or is it that they're preparing a transfer? Um, none of that is known. Um, it could be, you know, it could be something as simple as like he flew back to Norway to get hit the final stages of a green card settled. Yeah. Um, it could be that, um, we don't have any of that information though, because we don't have any information, uh, which is, it's tough. It's tough to do anything. Um, you know, if you're a, if you're a reader of the site, you might, if you if you're a reader of the site who cares more about United than the Spirit, you might be like, "Why?" Well, it feels like the the you know the amount of new written content about these two teams is out of balance and it's favoring the Spirit. I've been to Spirit training twice. I've spoken to multiple players. I've spoken to the coaches. Um, that's why there's more because there's more raw material to do something with. Um, so it's not for lack of trying. Uh, it's driving <laughs> us all nuts. That's why we keep complaining about it because we're all tearing our hair out. Just like everyone doing the other DC United podcast is also like, I wish there was something to talk about, but there isn't. Uh, we don't know what's going on with Ola Kamara or virtually anyone else. Um, we know Edison Flores seems healthy. He's been playing. Uh, some of the other guys that were injured last year at the end of the season are, have been playing. Chris Odoya Chem has been playing. He's, they've been naming him in the lineup. Um, but there are games where it's like, well, these five players entered amongst a group of players that entered the game. There are other games where we know pretty much the other, the second 11, but we don't know exactly where they lined up. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's not ideal. The team has a new goalkeeper coach in Diego Restrepo, but they haven't actually announced it. He's just been, you know, if you follow him on Instagram or you follow Bill Hamid on Instagram, you've seen it, but that's how you find out is that not any other way. So this is, uh, this is the life we chose, I guess. Uh, the next and final DC United preseason game uh, is Saturday against the now sashless LA Galaxy. Another thing other teams have been doing that DC United hasn't is announcing their uh, revealing their their uniforms for this year. Um, DC United's getting a new home jersey from Pablo Mauer. We have a description of it, but sounds we boring seen it yet. from from Pablo. I'm okay with boring for the home kit, honestly. I know. I mean, like, if it's just black with red with red trim, that sounds great. 
Yeah, I, what's going to annoy me is that you can only, you will probably only be able to get the red trim on the collar and the shirt cuffs um, on the authentic version, which costs 50 bucks more than the the replica, and the replica will just have black without the, the red trim. It's going to be great. So great. Not annoying at all. Yeah, uh, uh, I, you know, on the the subject of kits, just in general, I was talking to a friend of the show, Steph Young, who happened to have she was she moved and she was going through some stuff and she found an old Washington Freedom jersey and was talking about how nice it is compared to some of the more modern jerseys um, in terms of like construction, like the badge was not heat pressed on. It was stitched on um, these kind of things that make it so that the shirt will not disintegrate uh in a short amount of time um dc's not this not the outgoing home cape but the one before the one that they had at the last call at rfk um if you've got one of those uh i have the authentic from it and you know the like white and red um cuff thing adam i think you have one of these as well mm-hmm. um one of the first times i put it on that little thing broke off slightly from the rest of the shirt, like almost immediately. Oh, wow. Um, and it's just, this is a kind of, it's not a DC United's fault or it's not MLS's fault. It's Adidas. It's an Adidas fault. Yeah. Um, but Adidas is raising the prices through the roof and cutting corners on uh, quality on a lot of things um, in a way that is fairly obvious when you get into the differences between replica and authentic. Um you know, I, I saw today the comp- the comparison of the Galaxy, um, their yes. uh, replica versus their authentic, and it's like the replica certainly looks in the genre of the same shirt. Um, it's, yeah, you can tell that they're related shirts, uh, but they don't look <laughs> really the same. Um, right, and I can what, only imagine that it's also more likely to fall apart than even the authentic. Yeah, honestly, what I want is neither the replica, which looks like a cheap knockoff. Or the authentic, which is cheaply put together because it's in its player issue, right? Like it's not right. made to look good; it's made to be played in. Well, if you if you are a professional athlete, uh, right. it probably will look great. I am <laughs> most extremely are. not a professional athlete. Like if I needed to, if I had to pick a sport, like put a gun to my head, pick a sport to go pro in and train for, it would be curling. That is that is a sport for my phenotype. I'm, I'm excited for curling. There's a the the final round of the women's thing is tonight, and it's a it's a real uh, pileup of teams that are all very close together. Mm-hmm. So a lot yes. can happen. The U.S. men's curling team actually has someone who who stylistically is not that far from me uh, at this it's moment. True. Yeah. So uh, and and he he likes to wisecrack. So it's very much my sport. You drink like they they have beer fridges next to the ice in most curling clubs. It's great. Um, Shout out to Potomac Curling Club in Maryland. It's a good group of people when I went up there and went curling because it's fun. You should do it. Uh, but what I want from a soccer jersey is a, a shirt that I want the stitched on stuff that holds on. I want it in a regular person shape, but I also want the little details. I want the jock yes. tag. I want the collar. I want the replica is a different is a, a normal human being cut. Is the right. Thing. No one is seeing and paying attention to the jock tag when it's on the player issue jersey, like the players on the field. Right. You want that in what you're wearing on the street, and they're just giving us the worst of both worlds, basically. Yes. It's not. Um, it's not. And great. it's a. It's a. I. I hate it. It's a terrible strategy for like it's consumer unfriendly, 
in a way that uh, makes well, me angry. But Adam, you know what's good? What's great news for everyone is that the line for Adidas has been going up. Um, so good for them. Uh, that's the only thing that matters. Not the arrow at all. The, the, the arrow must Adam, always point up. Is, is Adam, up. what if you just got an NFT of the jersey? No, nope, we're ending the segment the right now. Please stick around. Don't let that scare you off. We will be right back. This is Phil Buster. All right. Say you're at work and uh, something unfortunate or untoward happens and you need some legal representation to uh, to assert your rights in that situation, whether a boss mistreated you, you were fired unfairly, uh, or, or, or something worse happens. Ben, in the District of Columbia and Northern Virginia, you know who to call, right? Yeah, you call the Ehrlich Law Office because you have rights. That's right. And your rights matter. And you deserve to be free from harassment. And you deserve to work. The Ehrlich Law Office handles workplace discrimination. They do civil rights. Uh, If you have a wage theft issue, they are there for you. If you have uh, a separation from your employer that you want to to get down on paper and you're dealing with a a non-compete clause or or something to to that effect if you uh if you feel like your civil rights have been violated by a local government call the ehrlich law office uh if you want a free consultation tell them we sent you go to ehrlichlawoffice.com slash filibuster Welcome back to Filibuster, the Black and Red United podcast. Before we crack open the Twitter box, uh, I wanted to put out a little plug. Uh, a few years ago, if you've been a longtime listener of the show, you might remember I did St. Baldrick's uh, head shaving event. It's a charity that is actually the single largest non-governmental funder of child cancer research in the United States, and they raise their money through head shaving events because if you want people to donate to charity get people get volunteers to do something very silly and that will induce more donations and that's been my experience so i'm participating this year um if you remember a little further back dc united um players like kofi opari and perry kitchen and ben olsen as coach all participated back in 2015 um but i i'm doing this at boundary stone next month on march 13th I have a donation page, which I will ask Ben to put in the show notes for, for this week's show. Um, so if you have the means and feel like supporting me doing something very silly and supporting a very not silly cause, uh, I would appreciate and I would thank you in advance for any donations. And y'all, Adam has too much hair, so please pay him to cut this off. I feel like my appearance gets talked about on this audio podcast a weirdly large amount, um, but you know, I did grow, I haven't cut my hair since the yes. pandemic started. My hair is now, I think this is incredibly has, shoulder you, length. You can you, call this you shoulder your, length hair, right guys? Like have you cut your even face? beyond shoulder length. Um, I have a large bushy beard. Um, have you cut your face? And, yeah. Adam, he's asking, have you cut your face? Which is a different question. Um, yeah. I've not cut my face. I am oh, well, in a good also, place. Like, Thank you. It's, it's good on the neck, but it's also like. It's like neck and mustache, but and sideburns. These parts, the cheeks, the cheeks do not. The cheeks, you know, yeah. these parts. <laughs> yeah, these parts, Ben, as Ben gesticulates. Don't. Specific, don't yeah. These parts, everyone knows what you mean. 
Uh, yeah, the soul patch is there. <laughs> the the other below the mouth and cheeks I mean, are really, really, not so much. The, the main thing, if someone wants to donate the most money for one thing only, I would say make Adam cut the soul patch off. <laughs> um, I, it's all going to get cut. I, the the beard too. Um, but please donate and, and Wait, help me. Are you going to leave? I, the, I'm onto a stretch goal, so. Uh, yeah, I mean, this it, it can all grow back. That's the nature of hair, but it's all. No, I don't want it to right now. But you, you should do it in. You should do it in. Well, not stages. now, but in March. You should just do. You should do it in stages because I want one stage where uh, it's just the stash. Okay, I, I, I will. A picture of just this. I've pay, been. I'll pay. I will donate a hundred dollars for done. a picture of just the stash. I'll make. I'll, I'll make it happen. All right, great. I'll do it. Uh, I already have a request to make sure I I have the the Walter White look with the head shaved but the beard still there, uh-huh. and so yeah, 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 that yeah. that's the first phase, um, and then the the second phase will be the beard, and the last will be the mustache. I will I will do my best to get the whoever's wielding the clippers to to honor that order of operations. So so please donate, and I I will share ridiculous pictures and video. Uh, and TikToks of of my head shaving shenanigans. To your questions, listeners, uh, as we open the Twitter box, we start with uh, lots of questions about a player who may or may not be credibly called a DC United legend, may or may not have scored the game-winning goal against LAFC in preseason action this week. We are talking about guest at Hippie Not Hipster, asks where does the pod stand on guest versus trialist trialist over guest i don't know guest sounds more romantic to me yeah, i was gonna say i feel like guest a certain, is a lot more versatile there, there's a something welcoming about saying guest um but it's also maybe misinforming that player why they're there um because like you could be a guest player when you're like just someone who's like known to the team who is getting a workout in or like getting a couple of weeks to train. And then they're going to go probably try and sign somewhere else. Um, that Whereas can be trialist carries usually false hope. Yes. Um, so, so yeah, I think trialist is, is the more honest uh, name to give. Uh, and guest is a sort of like, well, you're here and you're able to play soccer so you can hang out. Um Trialist implies business, so I think I'm with Ben on this one, that, that you're there to, to try and win a job. What if it's Christopher Guest? Uh, uh, I, I, I wouldn't sign him. He is far too old to uh, play soccer for a MLS team. I, I would not mind Corky St. Clair making a, a, an appearance here and no, there. You said, but you said Christopher Guest. That's fair. Uh, similar question from uh, at DCU underscore Gooner. Can we secure the right to add guest to the MLS roster and then simply start someone different? Uh, I would prefer celebrity guests in this role, but he suggests retired pros, uh, pros from other leagues or uh, other sports, like have Nicholas Backstrom line up in central midfield. No, I wouldn't want a soccer player. Like if I want a a random (laughs) guest. Other team also has to do it. Give me like uh, uh, Leo Messi for one game during the summer, or uh, something like that. I don't want like Nicholas Backstrom is a, a is a nice person, but I don't want him on my soccer field. 
playing in a game that matters. Adam, it seems like you're proposing an idea where it's 10 players who are professional players and then one person who is not. Is that my, am I correct? Well, uh, yeah, yeah, and it's only... I started watching Murderville and the idea resonates with me. Well, and it's, and it's only if um, the other team also does this. Yes. Like, I don't want... I us, think both teams uh, would us. have to do it. Yeah. So, so Adam, this sounds like maybe the first, like you're dipping your toe into the idea of a rock and jock style uh, rule <laughs> adaptation, um, which you're I feel wrong. like MLS should actually try and do at some point. Um, the All Star Game know. should be rock and jock. Yeah, something along those lines. With a uh, uh, there, there is temporarily a second goal that gets lowered from above <laughs> that is worth. Uh, Five points instead of uh, one. I'm thinking back to Rock and Jock basketball yeah, the, where they the had, twenty points goal. Well, there was one time where they did a third one, um, and someone made a shot into the third one, um, and it was worth like forty five points or something silly. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like that's something that should come in for the All Star game. Uh, but uh, as far as for DC, I, I think the answer here is uh, instead of signing a guest from outside of soccer, why not sign Kazumira? And get the best of both worlds. There you go. Um, I think that is that is how we get this to happen. Is it becomes the King Kazu rule? Yeah. Uh, next question from at K Netlock on Twitter, um, who who references Extra Time Radio, the MLS League, one of the MLS League podcasts, uh, says that they have the the Extra Time crew has written us off already. Is that fair? What should our expectations be? Uh, given that we are without Paredes and Paul, uh, which definitely threw a wrench into things. Um, He's referring specifically to uh, our friend, Matt Doyle, who's going to be on this podcast in about a month's time during a bye week in March. Um, But he said that DC United strikes him as a, a wooden spoon contender this year because of the way that the team finished the season last year in November and they haven't gotten better in his estimation. I mean, I think that wooden spoon contender is always harsh when FC Cincinnati is still in this league. Um, and also uh, uh, taxi is coming. DC United has made some good signings. Um, I, I think it's still to be seen. Like, are they going to be, uh, top three? Are they going to be at the fighting for the playoffs? What what that what that level is going to be? Uh, we all obviously hope it's going to be closer to the top three. But I think Wooden Spoon is. I don't person like obviously I'm biased, but I don't see Wooden Spoon level right now. I think they've done enough and are going to be able to do more. Uh, whether it be. Uh, in the off in the uh, mid season in the in the summer window or in the rest of the um, of the, this primary window uh, that I don't see wooden spoon level uh, right now. So yeah, I agree. Um, I think Doyle is over relying on one thing and discounting another thing. He he's going big on the idea that it's really hard to play this maximum overdrive system it's hard to play that kind of super demanding high pressing uh, system year in and year out and he thinks that basically some guys are going to tune out this year i i think that that effect might be a little overstated in year two i think when you get to year three or four maybe um but there's been enough turnover 
uh, that I think there's enough fresh bodies in there that and the team has gotten younger that I think um, that effect will be less of a big deal than he thinks. And I think Doyle is also underestimating the effect of the super compressed schedule last year on this team in particular, because the lack of rest affects this style um, more than others, because you have to have your legs under you and you just don't. And so I think that that had more to do with the, the bad run in than anything fundamental to this team. And I think the schedule this year is much more favorable being a much more regular um, one week or one game a week kind of schedule um, that I think it'll be, I think even before you take into account roster moves, I think that this year shapes up better for DC United than last year, especially the end of last year. I would say let's let's start with the the one and only like the clubhouse leader for the wooden spoon right now, and it's not FC Cincinnati who I no. think. I, I mean FC Cincinnati is definitely a contender because they they have won it three years in a row. They, they exist until they prove otherwise. You have to assume it's going to be more of the same. Um, but Charlotte FC is out there with their coach straight up saying we're screwed right now. Um, about the fact that they don't have they they haven't signed the starting caliber wingers that he has been asking for for the entire preseason. Um, they at one point I believe played a preseason game without they they changed formation. They were going to play four three three and they got away from it because like we don't have wingers who are good enough to play this. Um, so yeah, I think Charlotte is easily the leader right now because of the way they've built themselves. Um, they had a DP signing fall through uh, after the medical. Um, so that's kind of their situation right now. So let's we'll take that off the table right away. There's a team that's going to finish in last. It's Charlotte or FC Cincinnati. We know it. Um, Chicago doesn't appear to be that much better. Like you, you I mean, is Houston from- a contender for the spoon this year too? I mean, I think that we can go beyond the Eastern Conference for the wooden sure, spoon. Sure, sure. I mean, po- possibly. Um but yeah, uh, so you can start there. Um, there are teams that are definitely talent-wise, coaching-wise, everything-wise, organizational-wise, uh, worse than DC United, and they're going to finish lower than them in the standings. Um, so no, I don't think they're a wooden spoon contender. Um, I do kind of feel like they haven't gotten better. Um, the, count, the, the team will be better off playing in this schedule, like Adam was saying. That's certainly something I believe. Um, but I think on an overall talent basis, the players that have gone out versus the players that are here to start the year, um, we have to, we have to operate on the, the assumption that taxi is not going to get here until July 4th. That's the day the summer window opens. Um, or that I'm sorry. I think it's just after that. that that's the last game that he wouldn't play. Right. So that's, that takes you to 17 games. Um, so thinking about him is not really on my radar at this point, because that's 17 games. It's half the season. Um, so yeah, I, I think DC is slightly less talented, uh, but I also think they have a lot less time spent or they will have to spend a lot less time getting acclimated, um, to Losada system. The first seven games of the year, they lost five games. Um, and it was because they were trying to learn how to play this way. They don't have to do that this year. Um, that's not a thing they have to deal with this time around. Um, so on one hand, the talent is, I think, slightly lower. Um, I can see a path where it works out very well anyway, um, but it requires some players who didn't quite look 
um, like a partnership uh, up front, for example, if it's Kamara and Roberta or Kamara and Estrada or Estrada and Roberta, we don't have any, you know, one of those pairs we know was only okay as a pairing. Mm-hmm. The rest of them, we don't know what it looks like because we don't know how Estrada is going to play. Um, I mean, throw Flores into the mix too. He might well, play as a I second mean, forward. I, I mean, I was going to say with, with Flores, we, you know, I still, I, I was about to say, we know, I, I think there are some fans that uh, have a solid reason to disagree, but I'm of the opinion that he does have the talent to succeed in MLS there. He just needs a consistent run of health um, and not a month. That's not, that's not a consistent run of health. Um, hopefully this preseason is just 100%. He's doing great. No physical problems. We'll find out probably in the coming week when there will be pre pregame media availability because we're that close to the season starting. Um, but there, there are a lot of questions. It's fair to have a lot of questions about DC United because the off season doesn't feel like they built the team up. It felt like they had two offers for starters that were kind of offers you have to take. Um, and they didn't really have a proven commodity to do anything about that. Um, a proven way to replace those players directly. Um, so yeah, I think DC, the circumstances are more favorable. The roster is a slight downgrade and I don't know how that shakes out. Does that shake out as, because last year we spent a lot of time talking about how we felt like it was a little bit of bad luck a lot, a lot of times last year, um, which would point to the circumstances being the more important thing here. Um, and we're also, there's another, the mystery with the talent is how many of these young guys are about to take that next step? Um, is Moses Nyaman going to be better than 2021 or like a lot better than 2021? Um, which makes a big difference because we're talking about most likely at this point, a starting central midfielder. Yeah. Um, well, that actually he... dovetails with another question we got mm-hmm. from uh, Eric Fox at sir underscore Fox a lot. How much does the season depend on Nyman really stepping up and becoming a nailed on starter this year? I mean, and it... that's a fair question. Like, yeah, that could I mean, be a major turning point for the the team on whether that happens. Yeah, I mean, it depends a lot. Uh, like, if they don't sign another central midfielder, then he has to perform. And he, he, even at this point, if they do sign a, another central midfielder, like, he, Nyman is still going to start the first couple of games of the season, uh, it seems like at this point. So, um He's going to have to perform. He's going to have to be a uh, uh, contributor, even if he's the the second place uh, starter. He's going to have to be a big part of this uh, team this year. And hopefully he can take the leap like uh, uh, Kevin Paredes did. Hopefully he can start getting over his little uh, uh, nagging injuries that uh, that have come up. And um, I mean, I don't want to... the speak out of turn, but if they're selling him for uh, $7, 10000000 million at the end of this season, then it's another season well done. Yeah, yeah I'm, I, I think... Oh, go ahead, Ann. I was going to say, I'm less focused on on whether they sell him in the next year. Um, well, like, that, would be, that would be great for him, but right now I'm, I'm you know, I'm not an FC Dallas uh, person. I want to see the team perform well on the field. <laughs> uh, and and I think Nyman will be really important to that. Uh, I'm really hopeful that the off-season uh, workout regime that the the team gave the players and they all seem to uh, adhere to it. I'm sure the 
uh, Garmin watches they were all given and told to use had probably helped them help keep them accountable to the the plan. Um, but in the early videos we saw, and uh, I think Edison Flores, the way he looked playing for Peru and the, the highlights that I saw, they all look super cut. Like they all look as uh, fit as I've, I've ever seen each of them individually. It reminds me of uh, Perry Kitchen after his rookie year. He came back um, for year two as a pro, just like shed all of his baby fat, basically. Mm-hmm. What little there was, because these are pro soccer players we're talking about. But he just came back with a lot more muscle and a, looking a lot leaner. And that's how every single player on DC looks right now. Like you see the vein running down their bicep in every photo. Like, they look almost like comic book drawings, honestly. And that I, I, I hope that's a good sign that, um, that the, the off season plan was designed to get the, them to a base level of strength and fitness that we avoid a lot of the injuries that plagued the team last year and the year before that, and the year before that, and the year before that. Um, and Nyman is someone who can really benefit from that because he needs extra muscle because he's a slight, not tall person and playing in a physical league like MLS and a physical position like central midfield, you need that advantage. And he knows how to use his body. Like he's pretty good in the tackle for someone who's so small, especially, but a little bit of extra strength will help with the injuries will help with maintaining possession, uh, keeping from being pushed off the ball, winning those tackles. Um, And the extra fitness also makes the brain work faster and for longer in the game. So hopefully all of that points in the right direction for Nyman and everyone else on the team. Yeah. I mean, to, to speak to the things I like, I I'm a little less concerned about whether Nyman got stronger. Um, What I want specifically to see from him is better balance and something that's actually not really a physical fitness thing is, is the, it comes with experience is just being better at getting his body in a, in a good position. Um, gaining body position on people where he can use uh, his lower center of gravity to shield them off and turn out of trouble. Because ultimately we don't really need a player of Nyman's style to be going into a bunch of hard challenges. We want him getting around those hard challenges. We want him to be the guy yes. on the ball, avoiding the the harder tackles. Um, we want him to be able to mix in uh, if he's got to go in shoulder to shoulder on someone. Um, that's great. But you know, Priority number one, I feel like, is he just needs to be better at winning those challenges without having to win a physical battle, um, winning them by positioning, by reading the game and getting there faster. Um, so that's that's one element of Nyman's game I, I want to focus on. But like the direct question is, you know, how good does he need to be um, to be, a, you know, as a as a locked in starter? When you look at the composition of the roster, he does have to be a locked in starter because. Um, it's not just there aren't that many central midfielders. It's also what type of player are you going to partner Russell Canals with, which we've come back to a lot. Um, and the answer is you want someone who's a little more possession oriented, a little more te- on the technical side. That's Moses Nyman. Um, we talked about this last year with him, Moreno, Felipe. And it was like, well, the, one of the reasons Felipe can always sub in and play so often is that he can be both, players in that do you know that if you think of that as a partnership where the two sets of uh needs have to you know fill in for each other he can do both um 
Nyman is more to the technical extreme. Canals is more to the physical ball winner extreme. Um, but the only player that's like Nyman in the rest of the squad is Jeremy Garay, who is even less experienced than Nyman is. Um, right. And is also maybe more, more set to play a deeper, uh, like a Regista role, like deeper and closer. To, you know, there was a reason I think he was top five in USL championship for total passes attempted last year. Um, so on one hand, he has plenty of experience playing professional soccer, being a, someone who's like, we're going to connect with you in our build out over and over again, all game long, every game, no matter who we're playing. Um, but on the other hand, do you want that to be the the situation for DC this year is like, okay, if Moses uh, is struggling, if he, you know, physically is dragging, if he's having, you know, these are young players as well. Maybe he's just having a tough time uh, getting through off the field things. Um, the player you'd have to turn to at this point is either, someone who is also very technical, but maybe belongs in a slightly different area of the field uh, and is also just as young, or you're turning to Drew Skundrich, who has a different skill set, who's more similar to Knaus um, in, in the way of playing. And then you've got that redundancy there. Um, or you're looking at, you know, Ted Cudi Pietro having to play his first MLS season as an, as a, a deep lying number eight. That's not really ideal. Um, we talked so much about how, good Andy Nahari is coming out of that right center back position. There's one preseason game where it looks for all the world. Like he played as an eight. Um, it's, it was Canals, Nyaman and Nahar as, as a trio in central midfield. Maybe that's one of the solutions, but then you're losing no. that Andy Nahar coming out of the back right. situation. You, that was so yeah. important last year. Um, so yeah, right now uh, the, the solution that makes the most sense, uh, the one that is, the best news for DC is absolutely Moses Nyman being a nailed on starter. Um, but we don't know. Uh, we, we don't know. He kind of faded last year and was often uh, in uniform, but not getting into the games down the last 10, 10 games of the season. He just didn't appear very often at all. Um, was that simply something we don't know about? Was it that Losada said, look, I'm carrying um, Felipe, uh, to come because Felipe subbed in almost every game. Felipe actually had one of the highest appearance totals on the team. Was it just one of those like, look, Felipe is going to get those minutes anyway right now because we we are playing to win and he's slightly the better player right now, so I'm going to go with him. All of these things are kind of unanswered questions, but um, yeah, if DC can't get you know consistent starting quality play from Nyman in that role this year, it's not the end of the world for him. Um, and his future, he can still be the player that his potential says he's going to be, but it might require a different solution than is on the roster, um, which is coming back to something we've talked about before, which is they probably need one more central midfielder. I think they need that anyway. Um, but especially right now as an insurance policy on your two central midfield technicians are both teenagers. The other options you have are either guys who haven't played in MLS or, someone who is kind of similar to Russell Knauss, neither of those is ideal solutions. And in central midfield, you want the solutions to be pretty close to ideal. So yeah, they're in kind of a, a difficult situation if Moses Nyman isn't just a top level starter from day one this year. I do wonder whether some of the, we know that Felipe left um, as a free agent, went mm -hmm. to Austin uh, Junior Moreno is a free agent and still out of contract as far as I know. Yes. Um, but the odds of him coming back appear slimmer by the day. Um, 
I do wonder if the difficulty resigning both of them, because we know the team made offers, um, is because Losada was up front and said Nyman's going to get the starting role next year. And both of those guys are veterans. They don't want to mm-hmm. be on the bench. They're not well, they're, they're well, not I mean, they're not at the end of their career offer as well. Yeah. Yeah, and and it's fairly obvious that um uh, like it came out that um Felipe didn't want to be a backup, right. didn't want to be yeah, a he, spot star, didn't want to Felipe be the first tweeted something the like, if you want me, then choose me. Right. Um which that that sounds like something was up. Uh, but that brings me to our next question from Trevor Crowell, um, frequent uh, contributor to Twitter boxes at the Bad Idea Labs on Twitter. He says, if United were to acquire a veteran depth piece a la Felipe a few years ago, do you think they should try reacquiring Kevin Kitchen, uh, throwing in Zlatan's nickname for him, um, which I'm sure was you know, not just Zlatan being a dick. Um, Perry Kitchen, I think, is playing in Columbus right now, um, mostly off the bench for the crew last year. Um, mm-hmm. I, I would throw out another name as someone who could be reacquired, uh, who maybe not as veteran as Kitchen, but there, there are rumors connecting Chris Durkin with a move back to MLS right now. Um, I think Cincinnati wants him and has the number one allocation yeah. spot. So the, if he comes back, I wouldn't, say, I wouldn't say they necessarily want him. There's just been speculation saying because Cincinnati has never had a defensive midfielder in their entire right. run in MLS. Um, right. It's sort of one of those like, guys, will you please sign a defensive midfielder? Yeah. Use the I, allocation I will say if, if the Cincinnati front office doesn't want him, the Cincinnati fan base online certainly does that. That's but what I've anyone seen. that can play defensive midfield. Yes. Um, but they they would have the inside track on Durkin if yeah. they if they want him. Uh, but a different Ohio team, the crew has Perry Kitchen right now. Um, is he someone you would like to see DC United bring back? No, I, I, I think no. I'm, I'm I'm bulldozing you. You were gonna you were gonna do your normal thing uh, of asking us a question and then spending five minutes giving your own answer. <laughs> uh, so I'm just gonna end that and say no. I don't want him back. I love Perry Kitchen. He's a great player. Um, I I don't think he's the right fit to come back to DC United right now. Um, I think the team uh, needs. I would rather have Moses Nyman or um, rather. Ha- them find other options uh, if they need uh, backups and and um, other players for that position. So no, I, I don't want Perry Kitchen to come back. Yeah, I think with Drew Skundrich, um, I think you've got close enough to Russell Canals that you don't need to do that. Um, and Kitchen would be commanding a pretty decent salary given the length of time he's been in the league. Um, so you're giving up resources as well to get a player that you don't really need because you've already kind of got uh, an option for that. Um, he doesn't really address the, the, the players, the, the issue that DC might have, which is that other type of def- defensive midfielder who's going to get more of the touches and be relied on to connect uh, more of the pieces and, and not be so much of a ball winner. Um, so yeah, the, I, I would skew towards no on this as well. Um, yeah. I, I don't know that DC's solution for this is going to come from within the league unless they have a lead on a trade that that we don't know about. Um, we've seen some pretty surprising moves come out of nowhere. Uh, we, we figured DC wanted a left wing back, and within like 24 hours, they were like, we have a left wing back. We made a trade. Um, so these things can happen. Um, it's just 
the kind of player you're looking for is not Perry Kitchen. If you're looking for just MLS guys that fit what DC's trying to do, not that I think they can get him, but like Jackson Ewell from San Jose would be a spectacular addition. It would be a perfect fit. I'm sure if you called San Jose and said, we would like to trade for Jackson Ewell, they will say goodbye and then hang up the phone. Probably. <laughs> right. But um, that is the kind of player profile I think DC needs is someone who's more possession oriented um, to compete. Not, I, you know, if Nyman's better, that's great. But uh, that's what I'm looking for is someone that is he and Nyman are going to compete for that job. Uh, and, you know, maybe that this is someone who can slide over to Canals. The kind of, I hate to say this, but like they kind of could have just used Felipe. If I'm yeah, Felipe is the honest. right person for that job. Um, but but if, he didn't if he, want it. it. Well, we don't know why, what he didn't want, uh, because it's a cryptic tweet. It could mean any number of things. But if he well, didn't all right, want let me let me throw out one more name yeah. uh, that, that has connections to DC United, is a possession-oriented central midfielder. Mm-hmm. Um, just I, I, won I'm the scared. Scottish Cup. Just scored a goal that won the Scottish Cup. Ian Harks. He's not really a six, but he's a more possession central player. I mean, I'm I would be very interested in that. I, I can't yes, say that I've seen him his development uh with uh Dundee United. Um I've seen highlights, but I haven't seen them play. Um, but I think he's got the mobility. Um, I think he's got his style of play is maybe a little more suited that that willingness to take risks on the ball is more suited to Losada's system than Olsen's vision for what that kind of player would do. Um so yeah, if if it's possible, um I would definitely be interested. It would be extremely cool to see him back here. Uh, I thought at the time it made some sort of roster sense to let him go, but it was also one of those like I I feel like we might be making a mistake here. Um yeah. like on paper I can I can wrap my head around it, but that doesn't mean I feel good about it. Right. Um and he's been having success. That's a Scotland's a weird league because everyone, everyone there is very charged up. And so there's a lot of pressure on you, but the league is not better than MLS. Wait, wait. Jason, would you say that everyone there is um, somewhat close to uh maximum overdrive in their way? Um, certainly like if, if you're playing for uh, a team like Dundee United, that's a level of pressure. That's a level of, um, uh, pedal stomping that is being demanded that uh maybe you don't get here um but yeah i i would be very interested in that as a theoretical i don't know how possible it is but uh you know maybe maybe we should uh that's a creative way to do it um to deal with the international spot of it all we've already kind of alluded to that situation as well um we wouldn't have to worry about that so i guess i guess what i'm saying is yeah go sign ian harks and and we can move <laughs> on from this Ooh, ah. And that is as good a note as any to end the show. Thank you all for listening. Uh, Find us at blackandredunited.com. If you want to support the podcast financially, you can do that at patreon.com slash filibuster. Find us on Twitter at blackandredu for the website, at filibusterdcu for the podcast, at Bromley Soccer, at Jason DC Soccer, at 202AMT for our personal accounts. Uh, send your emails to filibusterpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I'm told ratings and reviews are very helpful in helping new key people uh, find the show. So please do that as well. Five-star reviews, of course. Um, but also please just tell a friend about the show. That will always be the best way to spread the word is to literally 
spread the word. So we appreciate it as always. For Jason and Ben, I'm Adam. We'll talk at you next week. Say goodbye, Jason. This is a message for Ian Harks and Ian Harks only. Ian, if you're listening to the show and you're in Scotland and you're going to come back to DC United, please bring me a case of Buckfest. Thank you.